Spectrum Health and Human Services is located throughout Western New York. For an appointment, call 716-539-5500. If you are in a crisis, you can call 716-710-5172. Their website is www.shswny.org. What is going on, people? This is the host of Room 9, Sean Cuddy. And this is actually an awesome special episode right here because... I got to do this episode in collaboration with Spectrum Health and Human Services, and I had an awesome time doing it. Spectrum Health has been around Western New York for about over 45 years. They're up there in the leading behavioral health care agencies. Spectrum takes pride in the wide range of mental health and substance use counseling programs that they offer. They're currently spanning over six counties. Their staff is highly trained, experienced professionals and they are here to help individuals and families through some of the challenges associated with mental health and substance use disorder. Their goal at Spectrum is to treat each person they serve as they would treat their own family members with compassion and respect. They care about the individuals they serve and offer hope while providing a path to a self-defined, better quality of life. So I read that, but let me give you the real lowdown on Spectrum. I have been kind of working them somewhat closely over the last month, month and a half, something like that. And they're honestly, they're awesome people. From the assistant CEO that I've met with, their vice president, all the way down. This episode coming up, I sit down and chat with a nurse practitioner, Emily Anderson, and a counselor. He's been at Spectrum for over 24 years. He's just an amazing dude. Kevin Beckman. Literally, I get walked in the room, and these two people that I did this podcast with, I just got nothing but awesome vibes from. Just nothing but genuinity, nothing but authenticity. And it's just a place where you get that nobody is there just to collect a paycheck and i loved it and i'm happy to be working with these guys and i am pumped up to continue to be working with them and i think you guys will dig this episode very much spectrum health and human services is starting this new program the holistic health project they call it we talk about it a lot in this episode it's kind of the main point of this episode but we really touch base on it and what they're really really trying to do differently from everybody else is when somebody comes in for their care, that they are taking care of every part of this individual that they need help with immediately, not just doing it one at a time. They're hitting ground with everything they got, whether it's lining up with doctors, working on health insurance, and doing counseling. No matter what it is, they're taking care of every issue at the same time. And it's really awesome. Kevin, that is in here, and Emily, they're both super excited to be doing this program they're starting nobody else in the area is doing something like this and it is awesome to be a part of this podcast and there will be more to come from us and i'm looking forward to checking out more of what is happening around spectrum health and human services and that is all i got for you guys i'm gonna let the episode speak for itself um also don't forget to hit up room9podcast.com and you can listen to it there or it's going to be up on spectrum's website and that is all guys all right i love you as always you guys are the best 
can't do this without you. The messages that come in constantly to encourage me to keep going are what keeps the fire ablazing. All right, without further ado, a Room 9 and Spectrum Health Human Services collaboration episode with Kevin Beckman and Emily Anderson. Peace. Yeah, so I was telling Kevin before I got in here, I just got this new audio interface. So this is my first time being able to have three people on separate channels. Normally, what I was doing before is I had, it was just two inputs. So I had to run it through a soundboard and then the two voices were on one channel. And it was just frustrating trying to edit because like if you're a little quieter than he is, I can't amplify it when I edit because you're both on the same track. So I'm very pumped up when he told me there was a... You, somebody was joining us. I was like, awesome. That's exciting. Yes. Super Told excited. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so definitely pumped up about First it. First for all of us. <laughs> right. <laughs> Deep breathing, coping skills. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, no, this is, it's, it's chill. I always tell people that this is my favorite part about this is just kind of, I love just sitting and just making it like a normal, relaxed conversation, like we're at Starbucks kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Because that, my favorite podcasts are all like that. They just, you feel like you're hanging out with the people right, when you're talking right. to them. So I always kind of tell people it's not like an interview. I honestly do, depending on who I'm like re- right, sitting down with, right. I don't do too much like research on the person mm-hmm. because I like having that natural get to know you kind of, you know, vibe oh, when I yeah, do I like it. You know? yeah. So like, I don't know anything about Kevin other than <laughs> his last name. And then now that he likes Star Wars and Star Trek and right. you know, all, those <laughs> other, all those other things. <laughs> Pretty much me. But yeah, so I guess this is the first official Bonnie's over there, Room 9 and Spectrum Health Human Services collaboration, yes. which is pretty exciting. But you guys are both, now, Emily, you work in this building? Yes. Okay. Yep. I'm a nurse practitioner here, so. Okay. How long have you been here? I've been here since January. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Have you been with Spectrum or is that when you started in this building? I started here then. Okay. Yep. So brand new nurse practitioner started in January. I've been a nurse since 2010. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Yep. That's fun. And Kevin, what about you? You're a counselor? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. So I, I've been with Spectrum for just about 24 years now. And through 20, you say 24? 24. 24. Nice. 24 years. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. I'm really grateful for everything that they've done mm-hmm. um, for me and allowed me to do and to helping others. So um, today I'm currently the managing director of clinical services, primarily working out of the 1280 location. Um, but throughout throughout my tenure at Spectrum, I had an opportunity to to run multiple programs and really be involved in a, a lot of services. So yeah, twenty four years, and I'm I'm really excited for tomorrow. It's the next day. Is what what can we do to help somebody who's coming in that we don't know yet? Yeah, and that's what I guess it's all about helping everybody. It's it's amazing. Like the more I sit around and am doing stuff like this and meeting different people throughout this whole kind of industry, for lack of a better term, um, that I just, I absolutely just see the constant need for education and help and just for the next day. Absolutely. And it's awesome. And I, like, you know, we mentioned before, like doing this stuff like this helps me. And I'm sure you guys have the same kind of benefit for what you do that it really ultimately at the end of the day, it helps you guys as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's something I knew from a young age. Like, I need to do something where I'm helping people and working with them because it's such a great benefit. And, you know, me being on the other side of it and hearing people always say that, 
it's like, it really do. Like I used to tell people that even when I was in rehab and everything, it really does help them when they say it's not like a bunch of BS that they're just throwing out at you. You really get that benefit. Absolutely. I think one of the main things I've, I've learned is to always be open and honest and to remember that we're dealing with human beings, right? We are, we are helping people change their lives and to treat them like they're human with respect, to remember that it, it is a person with, with a name and a life and, and a story. You know, no one is coming to us void. And if we can remember that, then um, the passion comes, right? Because we're sitting across the table from someone's brother, father, mother, sister, aunt, you know, child. Earlier, before we started, I just want to go back to that, when Emily and I were speaking, and she said, how are you today? I said, I, I woke up today, so I have an opportunity. And when I was doing direct care, um, one of the things I used to tell myself is, today is the day that I help somebody. I actually don't know who that person is, right? Mm -hmm. They may not even be involved in treatment or uh, with Spectrum, but today is the day that I can help somebody. And I have no idea who it is. And that was the frame, the reframe that I told myself every morning, just to level set, to say eyes wide open because someone we may come across who need encouragement. Hey, how you doing? Recovery takes different forms. And sometimes it's as little as saying good morning to someone, offering them a cup of coffee, a safe place to kind of sit and just to think. Yeah, very important to me. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think the key is to be paying attention every yep. day when you wake up for yep. that for that moment of, oh, maybe giving somebody a cup of coffee is what's going to help somebody today and is my duty for the day to help somebody. Absolutely. It can be so simple. Yep. And most of the time I find you you have something in your head that you did that, oh, this probably really helped this person, you know, but and you end up finding out it was something you didn't even pay attention to. Absolutely. It was something so simple of just a hello or right. a, a listening to somebody. Right, right. And I think that's super important. Yeah, that is awesome. Genuine though, right? Yep. I, I believe that when individuals are, are coming to us for services, they know if it's genuine. They mm -hmm. know who cares. Do you always have to like someone to help them? No, but you have to be genuine. Be you. And I feel like a lot of times by the time that people get here, they've kind of been through multiple hospitalizations or rehabilitations and that's they feel that they've become kind of part of a system. So by the time they get here, I think that personal connection and actually looking at them on a very personal level instead of just seeing them as another patient or something like that is so important. So taking the time to like do the cup of coffee and actually talk to them talking to someone like a just a day-to-day -day conversation and really seeing something unique about that person and leaving them with hope is such a big thing because they do feel like they've just been a patient and stigmatized and everything so by the time they get here I think it's really important to keep that connection to keep them coming back and reaching them on a very personal level so. could not agree more yeah, yeah that's beautiful yeah that's awesome and that's what I mean and like you said people see through it yeah people see through the bs if you're faking it yeah and one of the, and especially in this industry, because people are coming in, clients and residents, mm -hmm. whatever, wherever they're going, are coming in with an already, people are looking down on me, people are judging me, I'm being stigmatized. And so they already have this mindset going in. So if there's any sense of you're just here to collect a paycheck, somebody's going to be extremely aware of it very quickly. Oh, absolutely. And that's, it's awesome. I mean, what else can you ask for other than to be able to help somebody every day? Every day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just a great tool. And even though, I mean, I found my, I lived in an Oxford house for like eight months. And Lord help me. That was probably the most trying time I've ever been in living with 
even like compared to uh, rehab, outpatient, inpatient, whatever it is, the Oxford House was probably my biggest test for learning patience, learning assertiveness, and just with some of the people that drive you nuts. But at the end of the day, somebody needed a ride downtown to their clinic that I hated and they drove me nuts. I'm giving them a ride because, I mean, that's what we're, at least I believe anyway, that we as human beings, we're on this planet sharing it together, this little ball in the middle of nowhere and floating in space. And why not help each other? Because that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I find that I've really have, I've worked with a little bit from people from Best Self, from Horizons. And now, I mean, I'm really getting involved with you guys here at Spectrum. And I've just found nothing but authenticity, genuinity, and it's just awesome to see. I, I would agree with that. Um, I also have worked with counselors and various individuals from all those agencies. And you know what? It's it's about the individual, right? Mm. So, And that's what it's really about. And if, if the individual is going to be better served, right, and get their needs met somewhere else, it's true care, right? So that it might make sense to say, oh, that person was your story. Right? Your recovery and your journey was with someone else, and, and here you are at the table now. That's beautiful. So we're all able to come together because it's all about those individuals that we're serving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the trickiest part is each individual is so different. Yep. <laughs> and I just had this discussion with a good friend the other day because we have these you know, these generalizations which are, which are good because it gets you in a ballpark of something. But, you know, I remember bringing up to him, like, one thing my dad said to me when I was seven could affect my entire journey, could affect how I react to everything. And when you're dealing with so many people that come in to really focus on the individual and learn, and it just takes time and patience and like conversation and just everything else to really figure out what can I do to help this individual. And now do you do, I think Bonnie mentioned about, you do holistic programs here. Absolutely. Because that's one thing I'd love to get into, because that is something I found that has helped me tremendously from meditation to, you know, yoga to my diet as I'm drinking an energy drink. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, just, you know, doing a holistic approach has probably been my most the most effective for me in my recovery and my journey. Absolutely. So here at our, our, our 1280 Main Street downtown location, we have we have several services under what I call the umbrella of treatment here. And one of the things that we're starting to look at is what we're calling holistic health, holistic in terms of a comprehensive approach and looking at the individual. Our holistic health project will be led by a pretty comprehensive team. We have a FMP with a family nurse practitioner who will be with us four days a week. We also have a Emily who is a nurse practitioner. We have an RN, we have a case manager, peers who will be able to wrap a lot of services around the individuals that we're looking to help. And one of the things that we're looking to do is to is to really change how those individuals are accessing the door or the portal for which they're they're coming mm. to, to get health, their health needs met. I was recently speaking with Cindy Human Volker, the associate CEO for, for Spectrum, and she said there were some some research that indicated that individuals who are in recovery have a shorter lifespan. I believe it was some 25 years shorter wow, really? than the average person. Could be a little longer, a little shorter, but we're just talking in general terms when I was speaking with her. And she said, that's the population we're targeting. We want to change that. So we not only do we want to help them 
gain access to, to healthcare, but also to improve their overall lives and to extend their lives and to have healthier lives as they continue to grow in their overall recovery. So we're looking at really trying to find individuals who may be marginally linked with their primary care providers or individuals who may be accessing or utilizing the emergency department for healthcare. We want to change that so they can really look at routine healthcare. Before the broadcast started, you and I were speaking about um, some of some of our personal experiences with healthcare. And she's not my my, mm-hmm. my daughter now is is looking to link with a, a new provider. Is going to be a nurse practitioner. We're actually pretty excited about that. But to just unpack that story a little bit, when my daughter was thirteen, unexpectedly she had a seizure right about eleven o'clock at night. I, I remember uh, it was Martin Luther King Jr.'s holiday. So it was that that Monday, and you never forget it. And even with all of our experience, my, my wife um, works for the Buffalo Board of Education. Um, she's been a been a teacher for many years. She's worked for the district for over twenty five. I'm here helping folks every day, and we were caught off guard to say the least. Yeah, I imagine so. Right. <laughs> um, and then we had to coordinate care for our daughter. We had to find a neurologist all after our trip to the emergency department, right? So the emergency department was our, our point of entry into this new world from not not just seeing a pediatrician and routine follow-up, but we had to go see a neurologist. We had to see specialists. Mm-hmm. We had to navigate that system. Navigating that system was very challenging. So that helps to inform what we're doing here today. Not everyone on board with this team has some of those experiences. Um, they're just really intuitive. I think having Emily join me today is fantastic. She has a good vision of where we want to take the holistic health project. But for me personally, it was that experience to having to navigate um, the healthcare system with my daughter that helps to inform what I do today. I'm very passionate about that one. Emily first came on board. She says, I love your vision. I think we're in great hands because th- that experience a few years ago really change. So one of the things that we have to do in terms of the way we built this team was to really advocate for those individuals so they can get the healthcare that they need. Sometimes the follow through with keeping appointments with their primary medical provider is a challenge. So we have a targeted case manager who can help overcome some of the barriers, right? Whether it be transportation, whether it be advocating for themselves, calling the follow-up appointments. We had a meeting yesterday regarding the holistic health, mm-hmm. and David Jillian, who's our FMP, couldn't be here today. But one of the things that we talked about was just the importance of follow-up calls. We talked about calling before the appointment, right? Really finding solutions to the barriers, not pointing fingers, just trying to help individuals. Having a holistic approach to individuals is not new, no, right? No. We, we've been we've had these discussions before, but was different. At least what we're trying to do here at Spectrum is we're trying to have the earliest possible intervention with all the resources that we can have for the individual upfront. So we are changing the narrative. We're changing the approach. We're, we're we're demonstrating how to access treatment, how to advocate for them. So at the earliest possible point, we're, we're trying to help. And then change the narrative, get them linked, get the health care, see where they are. So it was really, really good in terms of what we're trying to look at. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I think that a lot of times when people are here because of whatever they're dealing with mental health wise, substance use wise, they're kind of predisposed 
to having barriers with their healthcare mm-hmm. and medical care. So just having this full team that can encompass that client and be able to identify where they, they have gaps in medical care to help them through the system is really, really important. And I, I think that we have a great team put together and it's going to be a very good program. So Yeah, I mean, it's, it's huge. I mean, when I hear stories of people, especially kind of swinging a bit when I was in the Oxford House, I was the president of it and people would call from inpatients and they'd be like, my health insurance says that I don't need treatment any longer. Or I don't need this. And that was one of the biggest frustrations when you have this the health insurance company saying, you don't have to be in here anymore. You have to leave. And that was one of the things that drives me nuts. The, like you said, the navigation you have to do to take care of one simple thing is just, right. it's insane. It's a very confusing system as it is even for a healthcare provider, let alone being a patient who has barriers, whether it be language barriers, cultural barriers to our healthcare system, someone who has been incarcerated for years and they haven't had to think about any of this Mm -hmm. and plan and be able to organize. So for those people, just to be able to have the support to help them at least get integrated and linked with the proper people out there, whether it be specialists or just linking them with a longer term option for primary care. um, I think this is the perfect grounds to do that. And it's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we got yeah. a good team. So. Yeah, I, I love this team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, so when did you guys officially start the holistic health program? So we have been uh, assembling. Yeah. So earlier we talked about our, our passion for Marvel movies, Star mm-hmm. Trek, and Star Wars. So just like in the in the Marvel universe, and they say Avengers assemble. So we've been assembling <laughs> our team for for uh, a few weeks now. Okay. Um, and we had a a soft rollout recently. Yeah. Where we had to, we were able to to test some of our workflow, so it's pretty. We're pretty excited, so we'll be having a full rollout very shortly. Beautiful, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's really exciting because I love the whole concept of just helping people to navigate through it. Yeah, because it is like Emily stated, it's so confusing for somebody who works in it sometimes, let alone somebody who has been just in the grind of yeah. you know an opiate addiction or whatever that may be, who has just been nothing but consumed with, all right, how am I going to get high? How am I going to get money to get high? And have no idea what's going on. And I'm not even going to go on to the subject of that we have to pay for healthcare, but being helped and navigated with is such an awesome thing. And I absolutely yeah, love that idea and that concept. And I think that's yeah. will help a lot of people out. Now, do you, when you use the term holistic, what do you exactly mean by that when you have it in your title? The holistic health program getting into some semantics? That is a very good question, <laughs> especially with the English language. Um, mm-hmm. Multiple meanings, multiple iterations and applications. So holistic health in terms of, again, that whole person approach. So we're looking at the individual holistically. Okay. Right? We're going to look at every aspect of that individual who's coming in. So when we come in, we talk about that team that we have. Right at inception, when they first come in, we're going to have them meet with our targeted case manager. We're going to look at what barriers they may have to accessing treatment, whether or not they're currently linked with whether it be behavioral health or emotional support, or we're able to look at housing. But we're going to ask all those questions initially just to see, you know, where they are and how we can best meet their needs. So right at the beginning, you get a game plan. We we have the game plan 
in place. We have the personnel in place to really look at that person holistically, right? And then as we continue to move forward, we could include some of the, now slight shift, some of the holistic in terms of yoga and meditation mm -hmm. and relaxation and things like that. We even have a group room already ready and set up in, in, in the space that we're going to be using. So we're able to then continue to expand holistically mm -hmm. across multiple disciplines in terms of looking at that individual. So for the purposes of what we're doing, we're going to look at the person, the whole person. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's why I asked, because at mm -hmm. first, you know, I was wondering if it was just kind of based around like an Eastern philosophical sure. thing or right. if, you know, if you meant what you obviously explained it to be. But I think the, the whole having so many different avenues for each individual is, is so huge because back to kind of what we earlier talked about is every individual is so different. And one of my biggest frustrations that I've seen in recovery and everything else is the whole abstinence, 12 steps, that's it. That's the only way to do it. It's the only way. And it's that's taken such a... I think people are really starting to realize that's not even close to being true and that there's so many different avenues. That, that plays a, a pivotal role, right? Many individuals have changed their lives utilizing self-help and 12-step principles. I have nothing but great things to say uh, about individuals who have used that. But there are other individuals who, who may need additional things added to that. So when we when I spoke earlier about the targeted case manager, we're going to look at the social determinants, right? I used to say before they call them social determinants, right? It, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Prior to that, we would often say it's very difficult for the individual to focus on their overall recovery if they don't feel well. Don't mean to oversimplify it, but if you don't feel well, it's very hard to keep that appointment Absolutely. with your therapist. It's very hard to go out and look for housing. It's very hard to do some of the things that we need to do in order to engage. Which at that point is a lot. It's a lot. When you are like homeless, living on the streets, and you're coming out of a long-term rehab, it is you're learning how to function as a yeah. in quotes normal, absolutely, you know, member of society again. I gotta find a job. I gotta find a house. I gotta pay bills and get a bank account. Like I didn't even have a bank account when I got out of rehab. Get through today, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? There's some individuals who will need some encouragement just to get through one day today. Mm -hmm. Right. And sometimes I say, can you at least get through the 45 minutes, half an hour you're here with me today? You know, sometimes those, those social determinants, they play a huge role and we sometimes can miss that. Mm -hmm. So I think really looking at those is really key and pivotal. Do have one one little story about that just to compare to in terms of mm -hmm. how we're trying to look at that individual at the earliest possible moment to, to offer some of the um, real-time interventions. Several years ago, I was the program manager at one of our first ring suburbs. And I had an individual I was working with for, for several years and finally was able to link him with a doctor to start routine health care. He was working you know, full-time but just had didn't have adequate health insurance and coverage so we kind of helped with that mm -hmm. and one of the things that he told me and he stayed with me this was probably five maybe six years ago he said i did not know i could feel this good wow that's he, awesome he was yeah. on his recovery he had clean time right so he had a significant amount of time of abstinence right he was also complying with all of the other 
treatment because again we look at the whole person so he was also seeing our provider who was providing some medication so he, he was stable he had abstinence but he wasn't feeling good still it's amazing it's amazing yeah. how yeah. That, that can happen and just it goes back to I think so many people think I just stop using and that's it I'll feel great my life will feel wonderful but I mean that's obviously BS because you can look at half of the world mm-hmm. that isn't struggling with you know a drug addiction and there there's anxiety problems there's depression there's I mean so many other mental health issues that come along with and it and medical problems too that when you're using are masked by whatever substance mm-hmm. you're using so when you stop using you start having all of these feelings or sensations or pain that you weren't used to yeah. before when you were using. So it's, yeah, and we found out that he was diabetic. Oh. <laughs> really? And, yeah, that's um, crazy. Yeah, started taking um, the medications. I, I actually helped him, and uh, the, the case manager is a Spectrum. Also have we also have a health home. It's called Health Home Partners Western New York. And Spectrum is one of the care management agencies. So the individual worked with one of Spectrum's care coordinators to assist him with selecting a health insurance plan that provided him necessary coverage so that he can get his medication. So he really started feeling better. That took, in retrospect, a long time. Hmm. So what we're trying to do with the holistic health is we're trying to speed that up. Hmm. Right? And we can really, really, I think, affect not only the individuals, but our system overall. So now he doesn't have to go to the ED um, when he's not feeling well. He can call his doctor, he can call his, his provider, he can get his refills, he has follow-up, he's getting tests, as opposed to sitting in the emergency department for hours and then having to follow up and then not. So we can divert them to get the, the best care through the best system for that individual, then that's what we want to do. But that, that took a long time to took over a year. That's an, that's ridiculous. Yep. Yeah, that's so insane to me that it can take that long. And that's one of my biggest things is, I mean, I just it drives me nuts. That to me is frustrating in general. You have the navigation. I mean, for somebody to take a year to be able to get a primary physician is unbelievable to me. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. This is why we're very <laughs> excited about yeah. Spectrum's holistic health program. And that holistic approach we're taking to treating that whole individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really exciting. So, Emily, what are um, what did you kind of like bring to the table when you started here as far as like your fresh ideas? <laughs> um, well, <laughs> I'm a family nurse practitioner and then I went on to be I did a post master's as a psychiatric nurse practitioner. Oh, so, that's awesome. Yeah, I feel like uh, I've I worked as a nurse at ECMC for a very long time, so I've seen the full gamut of people dealing with psychiatric problems, medical problems, substance use problems. I've seen people go through withdrawal, detox, and I feel like having this dual certification allows me to really see the entire person and basically that mind-body connection. So when I think of holistic health, that's the way I kind of conceptualize it is the mind-body connection and seeing that person not just as their problem, whether it be a medical problem or a mental health issue, but seeing the entire person and how any of those problems can affect other areas in their health. So yeah, I think that my background as a nurse definitely has prepared me for this new role and Mm -hmm. very excited about it. So it is, it's it's, crazy to me how we so often forget about 
about the mental part, the psychological part. And there's such a the stigma. I was just talking with somebody like the, about this on an episode not too long ago. There's such a stigma with going to talk to somebody about your mental health. Yeah. Like you get yelled at if you don't go and get a physical from your primary physician. But when you go and sit down with a therapist or and go get your mental health looked at, it's almost like automatic weakness you get you get put on you and it's it's so funny because to me i mean there's so many times where i mean but i guess i'll go with this the mind is extremely powerful mm-hmm. <laughs> and we create things for instance the one time my my i remember my kids got lice and i got a text message from my ex-wife now about my kids having lice and i just re- immediately my head got itchy like, you know, immediately. And we've all experienced things like that where it's right. just this completely made up thing and we, we swear we have it. And so the mind is so powerful. For me, it's always been, let me take care of my mental health first almost and then go from there and then see, you know, where is my physical health at? Where am I feeling with that? And I think that that mental state is so important to get people to feel good because like you said, you can stop, you can even eat better. But if you're not taking care of your your mental health. Absolutely. I feel like if your mental health is compromised, you're not going to get to that next step Mm -hmm. of the medical portion and and your entire whole body health. And I think having the holistic health program here, it really is just like that one-stop shop where people can be treated for both. Everything. And and that, I think, is the future, what they were kind of talking about with the psych rehab and stuff downstairs in that group room, and eventually maybe incorporating things like trauma-informed yoga. So, yeah, it's... It's a really good approach. And, and I think that's a, a fantastic point to make. You know, a majority of my career here at Spectrum has been with integrated services. Mm-hmm. And you have to treat all of them concurrently. I think the industry has changed. Our approach and our mindset have changed, has changed rather. So looking at the complete person and looking at whether they have behavioral health issues, whether there's any emotional issues and the physical health issues simultaneously is very important, right? So like, again, the individual that I referenced earlier, you take me, it took a year, but we were having those discussions every session. Have you thought about a doctor? He said, oh, I can't afford to go, you know? So I was like, wow. So we were looking at, his recovery was looking at the emotional wellness and I was talking with him about the physical health components, but it took a long time. But if we had waited to only talked about those in silos mm-hmm. or in buckets, I said, okay, well, I'll get you stable first. Okay, we'll get you some abstinence and some focus on recovery first, and then focus on his health, who knows how long it would have taken, right? So we were doing that simultaneously and took that long. So just like Emily said, we have to look at the whole person and look at all of those issues as they happen in real time, concurrently. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, I think at least what I'm gathering from you guys, what you're really doing differently is jumping on it immediately. And I think that's super important, super awesome. And I think it's an awesome thing to get out there and really start that trend because, like you said, everything is kind of changing with whether it's MAT, whatever it is in this, you know, as far as the substance use disorder world, a lot of things are coming out, a lot of things are changing, a lot of things are happening for a change, finally, I feel like. Absolutely. I think we have a long way to go still, but yet I love being able to honor and bring to light that we're doing a lot there's a lot happening and i think that's awesome to really stay focused on that because i think we tend to go to the negative too much 
We tend to throw out relapse statistics, and we don't talk about the, the huge number of people who have been successful. We tend to talk about you know, the number of people in jails that are addicted, but we don't talk about the people who've gotten out and have changed their life around. And that's one thing I have tried to start doing because it's so easy. We automatically always go to the negative, and it's so easy to just focus in on that. And I'm really trying to just start a trend of, all right, let's talk about the positive things. Let's, let's see who's successful. Let's put a light on that. And that gives hope. I think I think you mentioned it about the hope. If we don't have hope, then you know what's the point? <laughs> right. I mean, the human mind just thrives on hope. You know, it's the Joseph Campbell of you know our existence. Just the hero's journey of if I can get up from this and change my life around, it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna feel better. And when you do that, like you said, with the mental, the physical, we're doing this, we're helping you with insurance, we're, help, we're hitting everything at once, let's take care of it. I think it will speed things up, yep. which we need. You know, we need to get, I think there's so many people coming in and out. It's a revolving door that we need to keep things going at a fast pace as much as possible. But still, obviously, take time for the individual and make it feel you know, like you're not just rushing them in and out. But yep. there's just, yeah, there's just so many people that are coming in and, and going, and it's it's very... It's very troublesome. I think trying to continuously make them feel connected is where it's at. And sometimes something so simple like, hey, just reminder, your appointment is, you know, how you're doing your appointment and making sure you can make it and everything could make a huge difference. And then progressive thinking in terms of that's outreach, having a phone call, following up with them. But then it's progressive outreach It's actually going on and knocking on the door. It's. Mm doing a warm handoff. We may need to accompany them as we assist them with transitioning to more routine standard care. Uh, we may need to go with them to those appointments. We may have to arrange transportation for them. Um, if that doesn't work, then we need to accompany them and, and really model and demonstrate and overcome barriers. So it's, it, it's really, I keep saying it, it's, it's the whole person. Again, it's the individuals who may not have a primary medical provider. It's the individuals who may have a primary medical provider and they're, they're not accessing them. They're not, they're not attending those appointments and we can figure out a way how to, how to do that. Um, they could have Medicaid and they miss their research and then we need to make sure that we're assisting them with keeping those appointments so that their health insurance coverage doesn't, doesn't fall off. There's no lapse in it. So it's all of those simultaneously working together with the right team, with the right approach. I'm, I'm really excited about what we're about to do here. Yeah, I feel like we have the full capability to support people in our community. And, and one thing I have noticed since I've started at Spectrum is that the clinicians here, the nurses here, uh, they truly do instill hope in, in the people that we see. And I think it's a really uh, progressive program, like you said. And yeah, it's yeah. looking good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it, 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 seems, exciting, it seems like yeah. we're, we're having a, yeah. a separate conversation, yeah. right? <laughs> um, but I, I, I couldn't agree more with Emily. And I appreciate the fact that you got that impression, right? Yeah. Because that is something that we hold dear here at 1280, yeah. right? Yeah. We, we are, I'm all about the team approach. I'm all about the individuals. I'm all about respect and instilling hope. And yeah. really, yeah, it's, it's great that in a short time, you were able to pick up on that. That yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Well, I don't think it takes long to pick up on that. Yeah. If, mm -hmm. if it's genuinely and authentically there in an environment, when you come into it and if you're looking and being aware, you know, Yeah. I mean, you know, and like I said about the, the clients who come in and out, they know immediately when they walk in, yeah. no matter what, you know, what it looks like. 
I was at uh, ATC out by New York City for 28 days. That turned into 50, yeah. and it was a floor and a half that they rented from uh, a psych ward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, you can imagine the, the environment. You're walking in, what the heck is this? But the people there, there were some awesome, genuine people there, and yeah. it made the whole thing stay so much better. Yeah. And, I mean, that's where that's what's key, not your fancy workout area, not your, you know, your gymnasium that you have, the people your employees that you're going to be involved with that I'm going to sit down and where I have to talk with you one-on-one and in order for you to be able to help me, I need to be open and vulnerable. And if you don't feel that you're in an authentic, genuine environment, you're not getting that. It's not happening. I mean, it's classic Rogerian psychology right there. You need somebody to be open and vulnerable in order to help them in order to help them change and find out what needs to be changed. So I think that's, that's awesome that, Emily got here. When did you start working here, Emily? I know you January. said January. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just you know that that quickly is yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. This I is a great it. team here. Fantastic I love it. Team. Great, great team. And the reason why this team is really good is because you have to keep expanding out, right? So over the years, Spectrum was able to build not just at 1280 at all of our sites, right? Really good teams and framework. So the team here was able to feel supported because we're supported by the next layer of leadership, you know, and then senior leadership supports us, right? So um, all, all, all the way across the line to, to Bruce Nesbitt, um, who's the president, uh, right? Very supportive. Cindy, Julie, I can name all the individuals who really Bonnie. supported her. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, so so that 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 support is is really key. Mm-hmm. Um, so this team is just awesome. Um, we're just really grateful to have Emily and some of the other team members. I, I wish they all could have been here. You know, that would have been. <laughs> we got plenty more episodes yeah, to do. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I cannot thank you uh, enough, Emily, for being a part of this team and picking up and contributing to the to the the hope that's here at twelve eighty. So. Yeah, well, I thank you for the opportunity to do this. And I know we've been talking about it since I started, and I'm extremely excited about it. And I think that you're the perfect person to kind of lead our team. So I thank you. I thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree from the few <laughs> minutes that I've, you know, been met you when I walked in the door. You get that energy. I get that energy from you, that vibe of you're a pretty badass dude. So, I mean, they're, uh, they're definitely lucky to he, have you here. He definitely is. He advocates for us and he supports us. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's, what, that's what you need. He's a good guy. So That's what you need. And, yep. you know, that's what makes a good leader. That's awesome. And I love the whole, I always use the, the restaurant as an analogy for how every company should work in the sense of when you get slammed with tickets and orders for dinners and you have all these people out there in order to have a nice, easy flow and no issues is the host needs to have her timing down where when she's sitting people down the servers need to have their timing down when they're putting their old apps in when they're putting their entrees in the expediter needs to know what's going where everything's right and the kitchen needs to communicate so all stages of it need to communicate down from the person who's going to be driving somebody to their appointments to the counselor who is doing their one-on-one sessions and when you have a team that gets along that communicates that works well together you have a nicely finely oiled tuned whatever mm-hmm. i'm trying to say you know absolutely you know one <laughs> unit that's working together and that's what you need and in order to get the most out of everybody yep. and to make people feel awesome and 
sounds like you guys got an awesome team. That's good. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward more to like working with more of you guys and sitting down and talking. And this is what I love to do. <laughs> it's pretty enjoyable, and they get to know so many different people and you know their gifts and their leadership qualities and whatever else is in them. The one way I, I tend to come to an end with these episodes is it's always kind of just whoever it is I, I sit down and I'm talking with, I'll, yeah. I'll ask them the, the very vague question of if you were sitting, you know, you could you have your last few moments to tell somebody anything. Done. After this, you can't say anything else anymore. What, what would you say to somebody who's out there, who's struggling, who is struggling with finding doctors, who's struggling with mental health, who's struggling with substance use, that magic, that magic line, that magic sentence. Believe there is good in the world. They're doing some construction in the building, mm-hmm. so I have to take it down. But yeah, that's it. There's good, no matter, no matter what. No matter what, no matter how it seems, right? When you're in the middle of some of those um, difficult moments and it looks really, really dark and we can't see our way, you know what? There's good. There is actually good in the world. That hope, going back to that, having yep. that hope yep. and yep. believing that there's good in the world, I mean, keeps you hopeful. It was. It, that's what wakes me up. Mm-hmm. There is absolutely good in the world. It's hard to see it from time to time. You watch the news and some of our experiences may lead us to believe otherwise. Um, but no, good will prevail in the end. It has and it will. Just like the Avengers movies. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like in the Avengers movie. But I was I'm actually just finished reading the book. The title is hysterical. It's you know, everything is effed pretty much is what the title is of the book. But the the book actually is about that how we us human beings we need hope psychologically and that it kind of centers it around more of be careful what you're hopeful because we tend to get hopeful for things that actually are just expectations and you can get expectations usually can lead to disappointments in your life when you're expecting something but he kind of makes that difference it's just awesome how we do we have to be so hopeful no matter what because if you're not hopeful then i mean those are the people really essentially if you truly have no hope in your in your life and in your mind those are the people who end up usually committing suicide they have no hope anymore, and that's it. So the human mind thrives on hope, and they always believe there's good. There's. Good. I mean, it's been around since the dawn of time. That that hero, the person who struggles and mm-hmm. is in the darkness, and then somehow finds a way to the light. The very fact that I'm sitting here next to Emily proves that statement to be correct. It says, "Believe there's always good in the world." You joined us in January. Prior to that, I'd never met her, mm-hmm. and yet we were able to align around goodness. So. For a while, our paths were traveling differently. They intersected, and they intersected around goodness. Having never met her, she was able to pick up on that and then also demonstrate that. Hmm. So there is good, and we just happen to have an opportunity to kind of align for a little bit to kind of share our our goodness. Yeah. You you already had that light. Yeah. You know? Thank you, Kevin. But it's true. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, that's a, that's a, that's an awesome way to put it. Very awesome, Emily. What about you? Um, so if I had to say one thing to someone, one thing. That's it. One thing. <laughs> that's hard. I know. That's why I love saying it's such a vague. <laughs> it's such a vague question, and but surprisingly, like I get when I 
started doing it. I just kind of randomly did it and I was editing the one time listening <laughs> to it. I'm like, this is so cheesy. Why would you ask that? But then I got, I started getting awesome responses like that. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to make this a kind of a tradition. Can it be a run on sentence? <laughs> of course. Of course it can be. I would, I would tell someone to stop, slow down, breathe, remember you're not alone and ask for help. And, and I think this is a place where they, where people can do that, where you, um, no matter what you're going through, well, it's important to remind people really to slow down and just be present because so often our minds are racing ahead to the next thing and focusing on our emotions, focusing on all of the problems surrounding us. So sometimes it's, it's important to remember just to stop, slow down and breathe through whatever it is. And then to remind people, you are not alone. You, you have us, you have Spectrum, you have your clinician, you, have, you can always come here or, or call when you're going through a problem. Um, and then, yeah, ask for help when you need it. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> it was a run-on sentence, sorry. <laughs> there was a lot I would say. <laughs> oh, we, we all would, but I think the last <laughs> one... has it, right? <laughs> yeah. we, can, we can talk. Yes, for sure. <laughs> I think the, the last part of it is... is huge because for some reason we struggle with that asking for help yeah and we don't want to show that weakness and that vulnerable side of us and at the same time that's the only way to really feel connection is to show that vulnerable side and be like hey i can't do this i need some help yeah and that's so difficult even knowing that i know that in my mind even in the middle of my addiction I know the key to me getting out of this is vulnerability to tell my girlfriend of five years, hey, I'm struggling with this. You know, the two times she looked me in the eyes and crying, what's wrong? What's going on? And I looked her right back in the eyes and said, nothing. What are you talking mm -hmm. about? To just the, the time. We know it, and yet we still don't do it. And I think that's so huge is just to really be vulnerable, ask for help. And yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you guys very much for sitting down with me. No, thank you. This has uh, been a blast. Yeah, it was really nice I, to meet you. You too. I can't wait to okay. yeah c continue these conversations throughout <laughs> the spectrum ladder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very much well looking forward to it. I got to get Bonnie on one. She's shaking her head no back there. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, guys. All right. Thank, thank you. you. All, right. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. You guys are awesome. I hope you enjoyed the first Room 9 and Spectrum Health Human Services podcast. And that's all I got. I'm ending it quickly. Once again, Spectrum Health and Human Services is located throughout all of Western New York. If you want an appointment, call 716-539-5500. If you are in a crisis, call 716-710-5172. And their website is www.shswny.org. That is www.shswny.org and that is it look forward to more of these episodes i can't wait to sit down and talk with more people from spectrum much love have a great week i will see you guys next week bye bye